0: Hello, everybody! I am back for an NBA special of the 4th in Quarantine podcast here on Apple Podcasts. This is going to be episode 4. Like I said, it's going to be a little NBA special here. Probably not as long as our other ones, because I am writing solo for this one. It's just going to be me for this one. And today, we're going to be talking all about the NBA. I'm going to give a little, probably a little um, last dance intro to start it off. As you saw, the intro was the... Chicago Bulls theme song during the Jordan run in the 90s so I'll give some some of my thoughts really quick on on episodes five and six of the last dance that started off and then obviously seven and eight are where I'm recording this on a Wednesday so we're about five days or I think it would be four days away from episode seven and eight of the last dance so it's gonna be great so I'm gonna talk about that I'm gonna talk about if the NBA um, were to resume obviously the season is on hold right now because of everything that has been going on with the coronavirus but if the NBA were to resume how I think that would play out and then I think finally we're going to talk a little bit about the 2020 NBA draft and a preview of some of the prospects that could be good in the draft and where they might go so let's just get right into it and let's start by talking about the last dance episodes five and six were uh, specifically well actually not really specifically focused episode five was a lot about the dream team so it was cool to see Jordan with Larry Bird, Magic, Charles Barkley, you know Carl Malone all those guys that made the dream team and it was also kind of cool to see the rift of dysfunction between Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and how Isaiah Thomas didn't get on the 92 dream team because Jordan basically said to uh, to uh um, the dream team to Colangelo and the dream team that if hey, if Isaiah Thomas is on this team, I'm not playing. And who are you going to pick if you had to pick one between Jordan and Isaiah Thomas? As good as Isaiah Thomas is, it's Jordan 1,000% of the time. So they're like, okay, I'm sorry, Isaiah. He said he's not playing if you play. So we're going to have to take Jordan, and you're not going to be able to make this team. I felt bad for Isaiah Thomas a little bit, especially because he deserved to make it for how good of a point guard he was in the 80s and 90s. But unfortunately, Jordan just did not like him, didn't want to play with him. And at the end of the day, Jordan got onto the team over him, which makes sense. But so it was about that. It was about the we saw the 92 and 93 finals. So 92 finals was obviously against Clyde Drexler and the uh, Blazers. And we saw Jordan and the Bulls, I believe, beat the Blazers in six. And then we also saw Jordan and the Bulls take on the Phoenix Suns with Charles Barkley in the 93 finals. And we saw Jordan beat them in six as well. So it was just two little documentaries about that as well. And then I think we did see – where were we in the 97 season? I'm trying to – or 98 season. I'm trying to remember. I think we had just gotten to the playoffs, you know, and they were also talking about Jordan's – the big stir right now is how big of a gambling addiction Jordan had, which, like I said, I don't think that it was big enough for him to quit, retire the first time, but people thought it was. You know, that was the stir around the league. He was getting so much pressure about it, about how much he gambled and bet off the court and, I mean – he claims that he never bet on himself in NBA games. We don't know that for a fact. I don't think he did, but like I said, we don't know that. It could have been like a Pete Rose type of situation, as you guys obviously know. Pete Rose is not in the MLB Hall of Fame because he bet on his own games. You know, and you just that's just something you don't do. But I don't see it as a really a big problem. A lot of players, like Barkley said on an interview with SVP Scott Van Pelt. Um, after The Last Dance premiered on Sunday night. He's like, a lot of players bet all the time, like Jordan. Now, yes, was Jordan a big gambler? He was, but, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy over the top, he thinks, and I don't think so either. I think gambling just showed how competitive Michael Jordan was, and I don't think it was a big deal at all. And, I mean, that's really all I have to say about The Last Dance. It was great, once again, like I said. Like I've said before, I think I've said this twice now, I'm going to say it again. It's by far the best documentary I've ever seen in terms of a sports documentary. Um, it's better than any 30 for 30 I've ever seen. it's just great. So if you haven't watched it yet, you need to start watching it now. We're about half we're already halfway through and we have two more weeks of this. So uh, next Sunday and then Sunday after that will be the last two episodes. But yeah, it's just been absolutely crazy. It's been great. It really has been great. So what we're gonna talk about next year for the NBA, is basically we're going to go through an overview of the NBA standings currently, what they sit at. I believe the NBA has played around, like most teams have played 63 to 64 games, which means that there would be, I mean, there's 83 games. So they have, they have about 20 games left in the season for the NBA for the regular season. So I don't, if I would make predictions now, I would say that the NBA is not going to finish their regular season out, but I do think they are going to play a postseason. So that I do think so. But like I said, we don't know. We really don't know, so we'll see. But let's start with the Western Conference. In terms of where the Western Conference last left off, the number one seed was LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers. And by the way, I'll put this out here right now. I am a Lakers fan because I'm a Kansas City sports fan, and Kansas City does not have an NBA team. So naturally, I would default to the Phoenix Suns because that is my hometown team because I live here in Arizona and the Phoenix Suns would be my hometown team, but I've never really been a huge Suns fan either. I like the Suns, but, like, I just – and then I'm a, I'm a big LeBron guy, and he went to the Lakers, and I liked the culture that they built in L.A., and I became a Lakers fan. I did like the Lakers a little bit before LeBron got there, but once LeBron got there, it made me become a full-time Lakers fan. Now I consider myself a Lakers fan. But anyway, so LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers are 49-14 and right now, the number one seed in the West – Number two seed is the other team from L.A. You got Kawhi Leonard, you got Paul George, you got Patrick Beverly, you got Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, you got Zubats. I mean, they have a squad out there in southern Los Angeles. So for the second team, you got the Los Angeles Clippers at 44-20. And, and Then for the third, you got Jokic, Jamal Murray, and the Denver Nuggets. Fourth, you got Mitchell, Gobert, and the Jazz. Fifth, you got a surprising Thunder team with led by Chris Paul, who obviously got traded from the Houston Rockets to the Thunder. It was like a swap almost with him and what Russell Westbrook. And both teams actually have the same record right now, which is shocking to me. So Chris Paul, bravo to him. He's been having a great season for the Thunder. And they have some young pieces that are pretty good with Shy Gilligus Alexander. You know, I believe they still have Gallinari. They have Dennis Schroeder. Like their team's not bad. But like to be forty and twenty-four and number five seed in the West with that team is very surprising. So bravo to the Thunder. And then the sixth seed is Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Houston Rockets at forty and twenty-four. Obviously they're known for their small ball lineup. I mean, for a while there, I mean obviously, like I said, the season isn't going on right now, but for a while they were playing where their center was PJ Tucker. And PJ Tucker is a six foot five small forward, if you guys didn't know. So their center is a six foot five guy, and I mean he's going against up against at least six foot ten, if not seven feet, uh, players a night, you know. But it's been working so far for the Rockets. They're forty and twenty four, and I mean they're playing pretty good. And then the seven seed is Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, and the Dallas Mavericks, who have been playing pretty good this year. Um, The Mavericks actually could. It's not a big difference between the seven seed and and the two seed, honestly. I mean the Mavericks are only, I believe, four games out of the two seed, or I think they're like five games out of the two seed. So, I mean, between the two and the seven is pretty crazy. Now, after the seven is a drop-off right now, and the battle for the eight seeds are going to be very interesting in the West because right now we have, I'd say, about five teams. I'd say about – I wouldn't even put the Spurs in there right now. I'd say we have four teams that have a legit chance of getting the eight seed. The Memphis Grizzlies right now at 32 and 33 do have the eight seed by, I believe, two and a half games and then the ninth seed right now is the Portland Trailblazers. 10 is the New Orleans Pelicans. And 11 is the Sacramento Kings. I think those are the four teams that have a legit shot of getting the eight seed out of that. I mean, technically the Spurs and the Suns are decently close. Like, I mean, the Suns are... Let's see how far the Suns are away here. I mean, the Suns look like they're about six games off. The Spurs are about, you know, four and a half to five off the Grizzlies. So, I mean, they're decently close. But I don't see either one of those two teams being a threat for that eight seed. So... There's the West. Now we'll look over the East really quick, and then after we kind of preview the East here, I'm going to give some predictions about what I think would happen if they did a playoffs, and then after that, we will hop into the NBA draft for a little bit, and then we'll call it a day, because like I said, this isn't going to be a long episode, because obviously I am by myself today, but I'm going to try to keep it keep it uh, short and honest for you guys. So for the Eastern Conference here, the number one seed right now is Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks. For the second straight year, they are the number one seed in the East. They're at 53-12 and 12 right now. They have the best record in the NBA by about three and a half games, I think, over the Lakers right now. They have the best record in the NBA by about three and a half games over the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Bucks have been very good this year. You know, I mean, you can't, Giannis, yeah, we, we, I, I'll, I'll give a little preview about who I think should, have, should win MVP. I mean, Giannis and LeBron are definitely the top two right now. It's it's a tough call between them two, so I won't say anything right now, but the Bucks have been playing very good this year. Credit to Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's been amazing once again, and he's definitely a superstar. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, he's done it for at least two years now. This is his third year. I mean, Giannis, great. I mean, he's an elite rebounder and elite scorer of the basketball, and the Bucs have been very good, along with Chris Middleton and some of those other pieces like Brooke Lopez, like DiVincenzo. You know? I mean, all those other guys have been stepping up for them. George Hill has been stepping up for the Bucs. I mean, they've just been playing really good. And then you got the uh, Toronto Raptors as the 2C, which is, is another surprising. So them and the Thunder are the two surprising teams for me in the NBA this year because the Raptors lost Kawhi Leonard, who was by far their best player. But Pascal Siakam has really stepped up with the Toronto Raptors this year. And the Raptors are 46-18. and 18. I mean, they have virtually the same record they had last year. I think last year at this time they had, like, maybe a two game or two wins more than they do right now. But, like, I mean, they've been amazing this year once again. And the Raptors are legit – Threat in the Eastern Conference. The three seed is the Boston Celtics, led by Jason Tatum, who has had a great third year in the NBA. Obviously, his rookie year was really good. His second year wasn't the best, but this year, once again, he's been having a great year. So, bravo, Jason Tatum. I believe he's averaging around 20. What is he averaging? 24 a game or 23. He's having a great year. And Jason Tatum, I think, could be a future MVP in this league. And then the four-seed is the Miami Heat. Now, this is another surprising team. The Heat have been playing very good this year with Jimmy Butler, you know, with Myers Leonard, with um, Adebayo, with, Chris, with Cedric Dunn, and I can't think of – oh, uh, Tyler Hero, and then uh, Duncan Robinson is the one I can't think of. But Duncan Robinson, I mean, they have a bunch of just really good – you know, they don't really have any superstars. I mean, you could consider Jimmy Butler a superstar. You know what he probably is. But they have just a bunch of really good players out there in Miami, and I think they're a very good team. And the 5 seeds, the Pacers um all depot did just come back so they're pretty interesting with sabonis who made his first all star game this year six seeds the 76ers who have been kind of a disappointment this year as they have been just recently i mean yes they've been you know successful because they have a good team i mean they have joel Embiid, they have ben simmons you know jj reddick um mike scott you know tobias harris they have a successful team there but it's just it doesn't always gel for them and i don't know how long joel Embiid and ben simmons are going to have to survive playing together before they realize it's just not going to work One of the two might have to move on from Philly sooner or later. The seventh seed is the Brooklyn Nets, which is interesting because there are reports that have actually come out that if Kevin Durant is available, they could get Kevin Durant back for the playoffs. And imagine how mad you would be. Right now, they'd be slated to face the Toronto Raptors in the first round. The Raptors are like, are you kidding me? We're going to have to face Durant in the first round and Kyrie Irving. I mean, it would just be insane, but I don't think Durant will come back. But the Nets have been pretty decent, actually, without Durant. I mean, they haven't been great, but they haven't been horrible, so not horrible. And then the eight seed right now is the Orlando Magic. I mean, nothing really too shocking there. I mean, the Magic are just one of those eh teams, you know, with Vucevic. And Markel Fultz has been playing a little bit better for them. I mean, they've been an all right team. And then after that, there really is no one that could really pl- possibly p- jump the med That's basically the guaranteed uh, eight playoff teams in the East. The Wizards are the ninth seed, but they are six games back from the Magic right now, so I don't see them making a run. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's it for the East. So now it is playoff prediction time for me. So I'm going to base this off. I'm going to assume that the NBA does the normal playoffs. So they do this this best of seven all the way through, and it's eight teams And each thing. I'm, I'm going to assume they don't do a tournament style because there has been talk that the NBA might – do a tournament-style playoff, or basically every game a game seven. So you basically play one game; the winner moves on in the next round. I've heard that's what they're going to do, maybe. But I'm just going to assume for this for this podcast to make it easier for me, I'm going to assume they don't do that and they're going to do a seven-game series, and we're going to base it off the start, current standings today. So we're going to start in the Eastern Conference here. So as of right now, it would be the Magic and the Bucks in the first round. And I would take the Bucks in four. So it would be a sweep. I see a four-o Bucks win here. I mean the yiannis and Chris Middleton are too much for anything that the Magic could bring at them at the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are a great three point shooting team. They're the number one defensive team in the NBA, and I think they're maybe second or third offensive team in the NBA. They play with a sh- extreme pace. And I just don't think the the Magic can really handle them at all. You know, I mean, Vucevic might be able to have his way with Brook Lopez, but, I mean, Giannis would dominate this series. It wouldn't even be fair. So I have the Bucs in four. Now, the next series, this would be interesting. So it's Nets and Raptors. Now, if Kevin Durant were to come back in this series, I believe this would actually go to seven games, but I believe the Raptors would still win. But we're going to assume for this that, the, that Kevin Durant doesn't come back because I don't think Kevin Durant will come back. So I got the Raptors in five games over the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Nets do steal one, probably on their home court, either game three or game four. But I think overall, the Toronto Raptors with Pascal Siakam, with Fred Van Vliet, you know, with Kyle Lowry, with all those champions. I mean, now you can call them champions, obviously. They've won the title last year. And they've been there, done that. Now, yes, they. it's a big thing. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. That's obviously a huge uh, thing. But they're still a really good team, as we've seen so far this year, without Kawhi Leonard and I think that the Raptors would take care of the Nets pretty easily, I would say, in five games. Next up, we got the Celtics and 76ers. Now, this is interesting. The Celtics would be the three seed. The 76ers would be the six seed. This is tough for me, but I got to go with the Boston Celtics. I'd go with the Celtics in seven here. I don't trust the 76ers in the playoffs. I really don't. I really want to because I... I like Ben Simmons as a guy. I'm not a big fan of his game because I frankly think at this level, you got to be able to shoot the ball. And, you know, and he's kind of ridiculous the way he just can't shoot. I mean, he's making guys like me look like I can shoot as good as Ben Simmons. Now, yes, if I were in a shooting contest with Ben Simmons, I'd probably lose because he's an NBA player, you know. But, like, but I mean, it's just crazy to think that I would even have a shot against Ben Simmons in a shooting contest because Ben Simmons, frankly, is not a good shooter. In NBA terms, he's a really bad shooter. And in normal terms, he just is not a very good shooter at all. So he's always frustrating me, and and he also doesn't show up. I think in a lot of the big games. I mean, he'll have you know his twelve assists and eleven rebounds, but he'll have like ten points. It's like Ben, you got to attack the rim. He's kind of like LeBron, not quite as good, obviously, because LeBron's an all time great. But I mean, when Ben Simmons decides to attack the rim, I mean, there's very few players in the NBA that can stop Ben Simmons from attacking the rim. You know, so it's just. You just got to have that mindset. And Joel Embiid's the same way. Joel Embiid, there's very few players in the NBA that can hold Joel Embiid on the block. But Embiid just settles for jump shots a lot, you know? Those two frustrate me a lot when I watch them play sometimes. And I think Boston would just have it. They have some playoff experience on that roster. I mean, two years ago, a lot of these guys played LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. And obviously, I know they lost because LeBron just absolutely dominated that series like he always does. But it was just like, I mean... Jason Tatum, you know, you got Jason Tatum, you got Jalen Brown, you got now Kemba Walker, you got Gordon Hayward. I mean, they're just, I think they're playoff built, honestly. And I think the Boston Celtics are going to go into Philadelphia for games three and four. I think they win one or two of them there, and I just think they win in seven games. The final first-round matchup would be the Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat. I got the Heat in this one, so I know this sounds bad because I got all the higher seeds winning in the Eastern Conference, but I just think they're all better teams, I mean, obviously. I think the Heat win in six in this series over the Indiana Pacers. I think the Indiana Pacers are a very sneaky good team, but I think the Heat are a very sneaky better team than the Indiana Pacers, and I think with their three-point shooting along with Jimmy Butler's mid-range threat, he can be able to take out your best player defensively. I think he would go on Victor Oladipo and maybe hold Oladipo's scoring to maybe 18 a game instead of like 25 or 24 that he scores a lot. And you would have to put the hand the ball in the hands of Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. And at the end of the day, I don't think those two guys can carry you to the promised land for Indiana. So for the Eastern Conference, then that would bring the second round of the playoffs to be the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now the Heat have had the Bucks number this year. I think they I think three I think the Bucks have lost all three games they face against the Heat, or maybe they've lost two and won one. I know the Bucks have a losing record against the Miami Heat. That said, I will. I am going to go ahead and take the Milwaukee Bucks here in six games over the Miami Heat. So I think the Heat do win two. I think the Heat win one at home and then one actually on the road. But at the end of the day, I do think the Bucks go ahead and take this series in six games. Like I said, it's going to be the same thing for this one as well. Giannis Antetokounmpo is just too much of a scoring threat, really, I think, for the, for the Miami Heat. They can do that little strategy that the Toronto Raptors implemented last year where you basically put a wall in front of it and just tell Giannis to dare him to shoot, basically. But Giannis is an improved shooter, and I think he's an improved player enough to get past that, that the Heat do that again. And at the end of the day, I think the Bucks win in six here over the Miami Heat. And then this, the other semifinal would be the Toronto Raptors versus the Boston Celtics, the two and the three. Now, this is the first time that I'm going to take the higher or the lower seed, I guess. We'll just say lower seed. I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics here in seven games over the Toronto Raptors. So the Raptors, um, I just think the Celtics with Jason Tatum, you know, I think Tatum would be able to cancel out Siakam, which then leaves you to who would I, who do I trust more? And now do the Raptors have more playoff experience and more been there, done that? Well, actually you can argue that because the Celtics have been there quite a lot, but, but the Raptors have been in bigger situations. They were just in the NBA finals against the Dub City and the Golden State Warriors. So that's a, almost as big as you're going to get in today's NBA. So, yes, you know, but who do I trust more? Do I trust a crew of Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka more, or do I trust a crew of Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker? What did I say? I said Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. um, I'm blanking out on who else is on it. Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, that was the one I was thinking of that I couldn't think of. Aaron Baines. Oh, no, Aaron Baines is actually on the Suns now. But – At the end of the day, I think I would take those three over those uh, Raptors guys any day. And I trust the Celtics to go into Toronto and win a Game 7 to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So the Eastern Conference Finals for me would be the Boston Celtics versus the Milwaukee Bucks. (sighs) I would take the Bucs in this series. I would take the Bucs in this series in six, in seven, actually. I think this would be a great series. I think the Celtics will put up a fight, but at the end of the day, I think the Bucs take it. And I think Giannis Antetokounmpo goes to his first NBA Finals. Now, the West is going to get a little more tough for me. So the West, as of right now, we're going to have the eight-seeded uh, Memphis Grizzlies going up against the one-seeded Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously, I got the Lakers here. I got a sweep, the Lakers in four. I mean, LeBron has never lost a first round. And he won't lose to the Milwaukee or to the Memphis Grizzlies, even though they have John ja Morant. You know, Jay Crowder's been playing pretty good for them this year. Jonas Valanciunas has been playing better for the Grizzlies, and I believe they also have Dylan Brooks, who's been playing pretty good. They have um, the kid from Gonzaga, Brandon Clark, has been playing really good. I mean, they've had they have a good team out there in Memphis. But at the end of the day, it's no match for LeBron 80 pick and roll. I mean, LeBron and 80 literally by themselves would beat the Grizzlies, you know. But, I mean, and you, then you add in, you know, Dwight Howard's been playing really good. Alex Caruso's been playing really good for the Lakers. You got Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, you know. I mean, it's just it's just, KCP has been playing outstanding for my Lakers this year. And Rajon Rondo's been playing pretty well. JaBelle McGee's been playing really well. I mean, everybody's been playing really well for the Lakers this year, which is obviously why they are 49-14 and top of the West right now. And yeah, I would definitely say that the Lakers would beat the Grizzlies in four games. So for the next round, it would be Luka Doncic and the Mavericks going up against the Clippers. Now this is actually a pretty good series. I got the Clippers in five. I know that sounds like it wouldn't be a good series, but I think this is one of those series where it's a competitive five-game series. I think there's there would be a lot of close games in this series, but I think the Clippers would basically win every close game. I think the Mavericks are going to take one of the games at home. So I'll give the Mavericks one of those games, because I think Doncic alone can get one, but, like, I mean, with two outstanding wing defenders that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are, it's just so difficult to beat those guys in a seven-game series, along with all the dogs that the Clippers have, with Lou Williams, you know, with Montrez Harrell, with um, Landry Shammott, I mean, they, you can just count off names, you know, Patrick Beverly. I mean, they're, they're just stacked, you know, and at the end of the day, I think the Los Angeles Clippers beat the Mavericks in five. Now, this is the most interesting. I think, well, these next two are very tough for me. This series, we got the Rockets and the Nuggets. I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. I'm going to go with James Harden and Russell Westbrook in this one. This is tough. I'm going with the Rockets in seven games. But at the end of the day, for me, it's who do I trust more in terms of your big two? Do I trust... Jamal Murray and Joe Jokic or do I trust Russell Westbrook and James Harden at the end of the day as much as I and I'll talk about this probably in a later podcast I don't I think James Harden's a little overrated I actually think they're both a little overrated personally James Harden and Russell Westbrook but at the end of the day they're both really good players you can't deny that and they're better players than Jokic and Murray are and I just think the Rockets with their playoff experience I mean Harden and Westbrook have been to the playoffs every year you know they've been in some heated games I mean the Nuggets did go to the Western Conference semis last year before losing to the portland trailblazers but i mean yeah the nuggets really haven't been there you know besides last year and i think i I got the rockets winning that game and then the last one here we got the jazz and the thunder another good series here i I do have the uh, utah jazz winning this series in seven uh, i'm gonna go six games here for this one for the utah jazz um now there has been reported that there is some uh, tension between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell because of what has happened and what has transpired with the coronavirus. Because you obviously know Rudy Gobert was the first um, athlete or and we'll just say NBA player, NBA player to have the coronavirus, and apparently it was reported that he wasn't really taking it seriously, and that's how Donovan Mitchell obviously got it. And they're both they both recovered fully, so they're fine. But it's just. It is a little concerning when your teammate doesn't really take health concerns that seriously. So I get where Donovan Mitchell's coming from. But we'll, we'll just say they put that rift aside, and Donovan Mitchell's a great player. Rudy Gobert is a, a phenomenal defender, and I think they take care of the Thunder in six games. And Chris Paul goes out in the first round, unfortunately. I've, I'm a pretty—I'm a decently big Chris Paul fan. There's times where I don't like Chris Paul, but there's a lot of times where I do really like Chris Paul as a player, and I feel sorry for him. But, and then this is one of those times, because I feel sorry for him this year, because he's been playing really good with that Thunder team this year. But I'm going to have to take the Jazz in this series. So it would be lowest seed remaining. Or no, no, it wouldn't. It was, it's a bracket style. So we got, we got the Rockets and the Clippers. This is a great series. I'm going with the Los Angeles Clippers, though, in six games over the Houston Rockets. The, I mean... Yeah, I I just think the Clippers are built to beat the Rockets. You know, the Clippers have those two wing defenders. They could put I, – I, I, I think they would probably put Russell Westbrook – or Kawhi Leonard on Russell Westbrook, and they would probably put Paul George on James Harden. And, I mean, I think those two could, could play very good defense against them, you know, and then they would probably have a bunch of those dogs guarding and harassing guys like P.J. Tucker, you know, um, and some of those three-point shooters – out there in Houston like Gerald Green and others then um they're just made for a tough time really and at the end of the day I think that the Clippers would take care of the Houston Rockets relatively easily almost as easily actually as they took care of the Mavericks and I think they advanced to the Western Conference finals and then for the final semifinal matchup we got the Utah Jazz against the Los Angeles Lakers. I think the Lakers win this in five, actually. I think it's another pretty easy one. I think LeBron and AD take care of business against Mitchell, Gobert, Ingles, and some of the other Jazz and Bogdanovich. Um, I think this is like the Mavericks and um, Clippers series, though, where it's a, fi- a, ga- a five-game competitive series, where I think there's a, g- a good amount of close games, but I think the Lakers just find a way to win all the close games, and I think they uh, win the series. Now, this is the series we've all been waiting for. The Western Conference Finals, the Battle for L.A., Clippers, Lakers. I know you guys are going to like, he's a Lakers fan. He's going to say the Lakers win this, but I'm not going to be biased here. I actually think the Los Angeles Clippers win this series in seven games. I think the Clippers are a better team right now than the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to the supporting cast because I think LeBron and Kawhi cancel each other out. I think Paul George and Anthony Davis pretty much cancel each other out. So it comes down to who do you trust more? the supporting cast of the Clippers, the Lakers. And at the end of the day, the the supporting cast of the Clippers is just much better than the Lakers. It really is. I mean, the Lakers have some good pieces. Dwight Howard's been very good. Caruso's been very good. You know, I've already named all the guys. But the Clippers have better pieces all around than the Lakers do. So I'd have to go with with the Clippers to win this in, a, in seven games. But this is going to be a great series. And that would lead to our NBA Finals. Now I am running a little long again, so I'm going to make this quick here. <laughs> I got the Los Angeles Clippers winning the NBA Finals in seven games over the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think the Clippers are the better team overall. I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George would be able to do a defensive number on Giannis And At the end of the day, they would force the other Bucks to try to step up and win that series, and I don't think they can. So I got the Los Angeles Clippers right now as my favorites to win the 2020 NBA Finals. So next up here, really quick, I am going to do a little MVP prediction of who I think should win MVP. It's not going to take long. It's going to be really quick here. I think it's guaranteed that it's come down to LeBron James of Los Angeles Lakers and Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, we're going to go over their stats really quick individually, and then I am going to tell you why I think who I think is should win the MVP. So the head-to-head comparison for Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James right now Giannis is averaging 29.6 a game compared to LeBron's 25 so if we round that up basically Giannis is averaging 30 LeBron's averaging 26 a game so obviously advantage to Giannis there though Giannis is more of the focal point in his offense so he actually should be averaging more points so it does make sense <clears throat> but um But yeah, Giannis has been playing great this year, so advantage to Giannis there. For rebounds per game, Giannis is averaging 14 a game pretty much. LeBron's averaging 8 a game. So once again, advantage to Giannis there in the rebounding category. Giannis is a great rebounding forward. And at the end of the day, I can't really defend LeBron there. I mean, he's just, LeBron's not as great of a rebounder as Giannis Antetokounmpo is. But obviously LeBron obviously doesn't try as much as Giannis does on the rebounding end of things. But you got to give credit to Giannis for that. Next up for assists here, we got six assists a game for Giannis Antetokounmpo, and LeBron's sitting at almost 11 assists a game right now. So obviously, big kudos to LeBron there. LeBron is obviously an amazing passer, and I mean, you can't give much uh, blame for LeBron there. He's been a great passer his whole career, and this year he's just stepping it up, leading the league in assists, so that's a huge bonus for LeBron there. Steals per game, pretty much identical, one a game for Giannis and 1.2 for LeBron, so we'll just call that a wash. I know technically LeBron has more, but pretty much the same. For blocks, Giannis is averaging one block a game. LeBron is averaging 0.5 blocks a game. So that's a little bit of a difference, but still not much of a difference. So steals and blocks will give a wash, too. Field goal percentage, Giannis is around 55%. LeBron's at 50. But LeBron does take more jump shots than Giannis does. So at the end of the day, I think that's pretty even a wash, too, honestly. Three-point percentage, LeBron's at 35. Giannis at 30. So there's a up for lebron at free throw percentage. These guys are both not good free throw shooters. Giannis is at 63%, LeBron's at 70%, but surprisingly LeBron's actually a better um, uh, free throw shooter than Giannis Antetokounmpo and then the records, uh, the Bucks are 53 and 12 and the Lakers are 49 and 14. But at the end of the day, I still think as as good of a season as Giannis has had, I think LeBron James should be MVP. I really do. I think he should be the MVP this year. He's been amazing in his comeback season after his groin injury last year, and obviously our Lakers did not make the playoffs last year, but he's been amazing for us. I mean, he's averaging 26 a game, eight rebounds, 11 assists. I mean, he's been amazing. He's been great on the defensive end compared to what he's been in recent years. He's shooting pretty efficiently from deep. You know, his, uh, his, actually his inside game has kind of deteriorated a little bit, I think, personally. But his outside game is polished, and I think he's been playing very good this year. And he's led our team to close to 50 wins, you know. The free throw percentage is one thing that's always frustrated me about LeBron, and he's still only shooting 70%. He should be an 80% free throw shooter. But you get what you get, and at the end of the day, I think LeBron James deserves to be MVP. So I would give my vote today to LeBron James. I would put Giannis at second. And then after that, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that really adds a shot after that, but you could argue Doncic would be third, maybe Kawhi fourth and then maybe someone like a um I mean I really don't know who would be fifth maybe James Harden fifth because he's still averaging like 35 a game but you know that's pretty much it for the MVP race so that is gonna be it here for today's fourth in quarantine NBA special podcast I was not able to get to the NBA draft unfortunately but let me know on Twitter or Instagram fourth underscore quarantine for both of them if you You what do you want to listen to next? You want us to bring back the NFL podcast? You want more NBA stuff? We are thinking about doing a MLB and golf podcast specifically because I did say that we would cover some MLB and golf in this podcast because um both of us are big golf fans when it's on and baseball fans so we will go ahead and probably cover that a little bit too. But obviously we will be talking about NFL, college athletics, NBA all throughout. And I thank you guys for all the support Um, once again. Let us know if you guys have any improvements or just what you want to see on our podcast. Twitter's the best way to reach us, but we do have an Instagram too, so we can Instagram. That's fine. And I thank you guys for uh, listening if you've gotten this far, and I'll see you guys later.